What a good group of young people. Thank God for each and every one of them. Had a great service already this morning. We praise the Lord for His goodness. We're looking forward to what the Lord has for us at this moment. If you would, I'd like to invite you to turn your Bibles to the book of Exodus. Exodus in chapter 12. And today, while you're turning there, we'd like to welcome our radio audience. It's Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church at Old Town. That's just a side of Graham County, out of Carter County. You can get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We have a sign on either end of Laurel Road giving you directions to the meeting house known as Emmanuel. We're praying that God will bless His Word today. We're thankful that you've taken time to tune in to WGOH to hear a portion of God's Word by way of radio. Pray the Lord's blessing. I know we have several... In the, in the Grayson area and there around about the, the countryside that listen to the Emmanuel broadcast, I just run into a man again the other day who was stating uh, how he was pleased, uh, enjoyed the broadcast, and so we're thankful for that. He loves hearing all them children singing and uh, all the songs of praise and the preaching of the Word of God, and I, I pray the Lord's name will be lifted up in all that is said and done. In the book of Exodus, in chapter 12, we have a vision of the gospel according to the book of Exodus. Now, as we, as we look at this scripture today, I want you to just parallel Exodus 12 with the New Testament. I want your mind to go back in time for a little while today. And while we're there, back in time, we're going to be... Uh, viewing the parallel uh, account that we see in the book of Matthew concerning the gospel message. In Exodus 12 and 21, as we look at this scripture, we'll read down through uh, about verse 30 or so. The Bible says, Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take ye a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. Ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike it on the, on the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin and none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and the two side posts the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. And ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when you be come to the land which the Lord will give you. This is some of the things that Brother Jim was bringing out this morning. According as he hath promised, that ye shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass, when your children shall say unto you, What mean ye by this service? 
that ye shall say, It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses, and the people bowed the head and worshipped. And the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on, the, on his throne, unto the firstborn of the captivity that was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night and all of his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Almost gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow in your presence today, we do so with thankful hearts. Dear God, we're a people who are very thankful for our salvation. Just like the Israelites of old, when you passed over, those that had the blood applied were the only ones who were safe. So it is so today. The only ones that are safe even in this congregation are those who have the, had the blood applied. Where salvation has come in and deliverance has set us free. Lord, I pray that you will open up the minds of your people today. Help us, dear God, to reflect upon all these good old truths. Lord, I pray for the lost man, woman, boy, or girl in this house today. I'm praying, O oh God, that you would open their minds. Unlock the thought process, Lord. This world has completely desensitized today's society to such a degree that there are so many in this world who do not believe anything that this old book says. But Lord, we know You're the God who changes not. You're the great I Am who has passed over and has given us a lamb, a sacrifice to pay our sin debt. Lord, I pray that You will, will use this word today. Father, I pray that you would encourage this people. I ask, O oh God, that you would forgive us our sin. For it's in Jesus Christ's name, His sake, that I pray. Amen. The vision of the gospel according to Exodus 12. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends and our radio audience, we have before us this Lord's Day a message of salvation. Exodus 12, as you may know, is the account of the Passover, which the children of Israel were directed by the voice of God to observe with specific details and directions for them to obey and to adhere to. Today's message will mark a true parallel to the New Testament gospel message. 
So first of all, as we look at the as we look at this in detail, we go back to the book of Exodus in chapter twelve, and we look at verse twelve, where here the Bible says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The first thing I want us to realize today is we must notice every person in Egypt was under sin and the death penalty because of it. In verse 23 of this text of Exodus 12, the Bible states this, For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians when He seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts. The Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto the houses to smite you. We we look on over in verse 29 and verse 30 when the Bible says, And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on the throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night and all his servants and all the Egyptians. There was a great cry in Egypt for there was not a house where there was not one dead. You know, as you look at this testimony that's found in the book of Exodus, God had already seen fit to give the individuals that were in Egypt a way out. He saw fit because there was a need. The Bible goes even all the way over to the book of Romans in chapter 6 and verse 23 where the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And that's exactly what we see here in the book of Exodus. There was a wage to be paid for sin and it was the death of all the firstborn who where there was no blood applied. Folks, I want you to think about this for just a moment. It was the blood that makes the difference here. It was the blood that, that, that could, have, could have saved or, or damned those that did not believe in it. It's the blood. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, you know, where, where life is in the blood. Folks, I want you to know something. Where blood is, there is life. And that's what you saw in the book of Exodus here. In Exodus in chapter 12, where we see the, uh, uh, the death of the firstborn of all who would not, who would not place the blood on the, on the door lintel and on the side post. You see, death came into the house. Why? Because they didn't do exactly what God said. Folks, it's the same way today. It's the same in today's society. You know, I've talked to many people and I've seen people that, that, have, that have laid on death's door who would, who would look at the gospel message and they would say, I don't want anything to do with your gospel. And you know, when death came, I dare say that the moment that that death came, 
That life did not cease to exist, actually. The Spirit went to its long home. It went to take its place of abode wherever that place was. And where the blood was not applied, that place is called hell. It is called the lake of fire. This Old Testament account of retribution is an exact picture of the New Testament truth that all are under sin. In Romans in chapter 3, if you'll go back to the New Testament for just a moment, listen, I want you to know that every, every individual who's ever lived upon the face of this earth is going to give an account one day for the life that they lived, for the life that they, that they, that they did not live. Everyone is going to give an account one day. Everybody's going to stand before, the, before their Creator one day. Even those that are redeemed are going to stand in front of what is known as the Bema Seat of Christ. Where we're going to give an account the things that we've done in this body. Whether they were good or, or bad. Listen, we're going to stand one day and it's all going to come out, isn't it? The Bible says that even our works are going to go through the fires and they're going to be tried by fire. Folks, I dare say that there's going to be many of us going to be standing with a lot of ashes around us. All of our works burned up because we didn't do it for the glory of God. But this, I want you to know this. If you're at the Bema Seat of Christ, that means you were saved by God's grace. That means that, that the blood had been applied to you. That means that that death sentence was not passed upon you. You were, you were justified from all things because the blood was applied. Where the blood was not applied, every man, woman of accountable age and knowledge is going to stand before the great I Am one day. The Bible states in the book of Revelation in chapter 20 verse 11 down through verse 15. What you see there is, is the account of, of the great white judgment seat of God. The great white throne judgment seat of God. And in that place is where the dead, small and great, rich and poor, sick and healthy, listen, regardless of what it was in life that they were, if they're there, it's because... They didn't have the blood applied. And death is passed upon all men for all have sinned to come short of the glory of God. The Bible states in Romans 3 and 9, What then? Are we better than they? No and no wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. This is one thing that society cannot stand to hear today. Society in which we live today does not want to know that they have sinned. They do not want to hear that they need a, 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 a scapegoat, so to speak. They do not want to hear that, that if the blood is not applied, they're not going to make heaven. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are all together become unprofitable. And there is none that doeth good. No, not one. And I know this, this is one thing that hurts today's generation more than anything.
because they've been brought up, being taught that anything they do is okay. But listen, folks, I want you to know God's Word says different here. Amen? God's Word makes us known that we're all under sin and there's none that doeth good. No, not one. The Bible states that their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. And the poison of asp is under their lips. Whose mouths are full of bitter, are cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. And destruction or misery are in all their ways. And the peace, and the way of peace they have not known. You know why? Because the blood wasn't applied. You know why the blood wasn't applied? Because of that next verse where the Bible says there is no fear of God before their eyes. Folks, if you had the proper fear and understanding of the God, the great I Am, you would know that death is coming. You would know that, that as it was in the book of Exodus in chapter 12, where the Bible speaks of, the, of, of, what, the, of what the world deems today as the, the death angels, Passover. It was none other than the God of heaven who passed over and where there was no blood, listen, there was no forgiveness. There was no, there was no antidote. You, you must die according to God's Word. Again, in Romans 3 and verse 23, the Bible states this, For all have sinned to come short of the glory of God. Galatians 3 and 22 once again, we see this scripture. It talks about the fact that we're all sinners. We all need the salvation that God offers. The Bible says in verse 22 of Galatians in chapter 3, But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. This means... That all who have come into this old world, sin is passed upon everyone. The Bible states again, they are all under sin and there is none righteous, no, not one. You could go to Romans 5 verses 12 through 19 and there you see again where the need really lies. And with this in mind, we all must have an answer to the sin problem that all of us are born with. And there is only one true and right answer. And I ask you today, do you, do you know that answer? Do you have the answer to what God is stating here? The second thing I want to make mention of is the sentence for sin is death. You know, Brother Manuel, he thought his devotion was this morning and he called me and well, I called over there and he was talking to me. He said, you know, my devotion is tomorrow. And he said, if you don't care, I want you to take care of it. And he says, I had this thought in my mind and it's been in my mind ever since before I had this problem with my heart attack. He said, this has been on my mind for two weeks. You know, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 38, verse 1, the Bible says that you've got to set your house in order. Friend, I want you to know something. If your house is not in order, you could be caught unawares. 
That, I believe, is what really, really struck Manuel's mind is after all this took place and he was thinking about this. I know, I know his thoughts. I mean, you know, God is sovereign. We know God had Manuel exactly where he needed him to be. And I was thinking about that, and you know, the, the sisters were saying, you know, that they had left, his, left her purse in Manuel's car, I believe it was, or his truck. Manuel's getting ready to leave and hit the road. He was already getting ready to pull out, and she called and said, Hang on, I've got to get my purse out of your truck. And it was at that moment that Manuel started feeling a little bit, a little bit uneasy. Long story short, Manuel ended up in the hospital in Pikeville with a triple bypass. And had he had taken off, had he had left that, had he had left everybody, nobody would have known where he was at. That's the reason he was saying, "Listen, make sure your house is in order, because you never know. Make sure your house is in order, because you just don't know when God is going to call you and take you home." None of us know. From the lost man in this house all the way up to the oldest saved person here, listen, none of us have an idea when our last moment's going to be. But know this, the Bible says, it's appointed unto man once to die. After this, the judgment. Make sure your house is in order. Amen? Make sure that your house is in order. And this is what the, the Israelite was doing in that day in the book of Exodus in chapter 12. You know what he was doing? He was making sure his house was in order. I mean, he went right down to the details, not only of, uh, of the blood being applied, but making sure the family was behind the blood. You see, the blood didn't do no good with neighbors outside the house. The blood didn't do no good when they was outside of them, uh, of those four walls where the blood had been applied to the door lintels. It was only good for those that were inside. And folks, this is the picture that we see here today with Jesus Christ. The blood's been shed, amen? The blood was shed at Calvary. Listen, the Bible says that because of sin, death had to come. And death is coming, my friend. But know this. Jesus Christ came to pay the sin debt. Amen. Jesus Christ came to set the captives free. That's what the children of Israel were. They were captives. They were enslaved by the Egyptians. And Pharaoh held them there. And listen, that's the same thing that's going on in today's society in this New Testament age. The Pharaoh is the devil. The world are the are, are what we look at as the Egyptian. And listen, there are people being hogtied today with sin. They're being wrecked by sin. And the devil has got them held captive. And there's only one way to break the chains asunder. And that's where the blood's been applied. Amen. It's the only way of salvation. The only means by which you may be saved. You see, death is the penalty that all humanity faced. In Moses' day of the Old Testament, it's the same today in the New Testament era. I've already given you Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. 
Exodus 12, 3-13 talks about the fact that where there was no blood applied, death came. And folks, know this. This death that I'm speaking of today is the eternal spiritual death. It's the death where a person finds themselves alienated from God in all righteousness. You know, people look at today and they look at today's society and the first thing that people want to talk about, well, it ain't so bad. You wait till the Holy Spirit is pulled off the scene and all the Christians are gone. You want to see bad. Listen, I want you to know something. It's bad today, but you wait till then. You say, well, I think I've got time. No, you don't know that. That's the reason why today the Bible, the Bible says today's the day of salvation. You're not promised tomorrow. Don't harden your hearts as in the day of provocation, he says. Today is a time of salvation. You know, here, one had to take the place for another. That lamb of the Old Testament had to be a had to be something that was going to take the place of any of the firstborn that were there. And there had to be a specific offerer. One which would satisfy the God of heaven. It had to be a perfect, unblemished lamb. In Exodus 12 and 5, the Bible says to, to search ye out a lamb. And, and what he was doing was he was looking for a specific lamb. One that was perfect. One that had no blemishes. One that was white and pure and ready to be sacrificed. Matter of fact, it had to be a male. Folks, I want you to know something today. That was a pure picture of Jesus Christ to come. That was that pure picture of Jesus Christ who was going to come as John the Baptist looked up and he saw saw Jesus Christ. He said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Folks, I want you to know what sin does. It puts on you a death sentence. As you look at Matthew 27 and verses 23 and verse 24, notice what it says here. The Bible speaks about this fact that this here lamb was a, was a sinless lamb. Matthew 27 and 23, the Bible says, and the governor said, why? What evil have he done? He knew that he was an innocent person. Then in verse 24 he says, as Pilate looked around and he, he washed his hands and he said, I'm innocent of the blood of this just person. Folks, I want you to know something. Listen to me. Jesus Christ is the perfect Lamb of God. He was that perfect one who came to give His life for our lives. He's the one that came to pay our sin debt. He's the one that came and applied His blood on the mercy seat in heaven. And I want you to know something upon the horns of the halter in heaven. He put His blood that we might have access to the God of heaven. Verse 54, Matthew 27, when the centurion saw all these things that were going on, he said, surely this was the Son of God. My friend, there was the perfect sacrifice. Here's our perfect sacrificial lamb. Here was the innocent, unblemished, unspotted, sinless Son of God. This is what it makes, this is what makes our salvation plausible. And not just plausible, but definite. 
Without the sacrificial lamb, we would never be able to know salvation today. And every Egyptian that failed to apply the blood saw death come to their homes. This lamb of the Old Testament was slain in innocence. And it was this blood which made the difference to the enslaved Egyptian, the enslaved of Egypt. Back in Exodus chapter 11 again, we'll go back here. Exodus chapter 11. The Bible states here in verse 4 down through verse 7, And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to the house take it according to the number of the souls. And every man according to his eating shall make your account, your account for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day, and of the same month, and of the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Folks, what was all that done for? So that death would pass over them that night. You know today, why would you ask yourself, ask yourself this question? Why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus die? Here was the perfect, unblemished child of God, the Son of God. Why did He die? Why did He shed His blood? Because it was the only way you and I would ever be saved. The only means by which you and I may be uh, uh, enjoy salvation today. You know, I dare say that when 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 Israelites woke up that next morning, at dawn, at daybreak, when when all that cry began to go across the all of Egypt, when all the Egyptians began to wail and cry because of the the massive amount of death that took place. Don't you imagine that that Israelite realized what was going on and thanked God that he'd done what was necessary? He applied the blood just like God told him to. He'd done everything just like God said. And folks, that's the only way you're going to be saved today. You're not going to be saved by your good works today. You've got to do what God says. It isn't what man says. Man will tell you today you just... Just turn over a new leaf and start all over and you'll be alright. What are you going to do with all the past? God says I require the past as well. All sin. You cannot be baptized out of, out of hell. Listen, I want you to know I could baptize you in every hole water from here to Route 1 and Route 7. And not one of those holes is going to save you from sin. Not one of those baptisms is going to wash away your sin. The only thing that's going to wash away your sin is the blood that's been applied. The atoning covering that has been given and placed upon you is all that's going to make a difference in your life. So as we look at this, chapter 12, verse 12 and 13, the Bible says, I will pass through the land of Egypt this night. 
and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, against all the gods of Egypt, and I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon your houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, folks, this is what's going to change your life today. It's when I see the blood, he says, I'll pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. You see, the New Testament shows us the very same thing with Jesus Christ. Matthew 27, verse 32, down through verse 51, you see the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. You see Jesus Christ coming and dying in our place, dying in our stead, because it was the only means by which you could be saved. Listen, if you could be saved by your good works, you know, there's a reason why all through the New Testament it says we're not saved by, by our works. We're not saved by good works. Not by works of righteousness which we have done. But by the blood of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it is the only way. If works could save you, why did the perfect Son of God have to leave heaven to die the terrible death that He died to take our place? So, you have to question yourself, don't you? If you're relying upon your good works, your good deeds to get you to heaven. You know, I had a man to tell me one time, a preacher, I, I pray and I hope that my good works out, outnumber my bad. You'll never know that, I'll tell you that. But this one thing I will tell you. Your good works will never outweigh your bad. If you're looking at salvation, salvation is only of the Lord and salvation comes only through the blood of Jesus Christ. So, as we look at this third point, I want you to think about this. The blood had to be applied on, on their behalf. It's just the way it is today, it has to be applied on our behalf. In Exodus 12 again, verse 5 down through verse 7, he says, Take your lamb, your lamb shall be without blemish. The Bible states that in verse 7, after, you've, after they've killed the lamb, Jews shall take the blood and strike it on the two side posts and the upper door post. Exodus 12, 13, it says, And the blood shall be to you a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Folks, I want you to know something. It is... Direly important that you have your house in order. Listen, if you're here today and you don't know the Lord's your Savior, you need to listen to what I have to say. Regardless of what men may tell you, Brother Jamie said it right this morning, listen, the truth never changes. The truth is always going to be the truth. You can never change that one fact. One thing I know the Bible says, that we're dealing with a God who cannot lie. And everything that He says is true. And His Word is true. This is a book that you can count on. This is a book that you can die with. Not only can you live with it, this is a book you can die with. Folks, I'm telling you that the truth of the, of the matter is 
that as the Bible states here, when I see the blood, He says, I will pass over you. This is what the saved, this is what saved the lives of all those who were behind the blood that night. God saw the blood applied as He said. He spared those people who were behind the blood. Their faith was in the God of heaven that night. They did exactly what He said. They trusted in His Word. And where the blood was, salvation came. But where no blood was, death and destruction came. You see it in Exodus 12, uh, 21 down through verse 30. That's when the Egyptians woke up and all they saw was death around them. Not only of their, of their livestock, but every living thing from the Egyptians, every firstborn died. So you must remember there's a parallel here again. The blood has to be applied on your behalf. John chapter 3, again, yes, this is one of my favorite scriptures and I know I say that a lot about a lot of Scripture. I do, but I love this old book. But the Bible states this. John chapter 3. Notice what it says again in 15 and 16. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Folks, I want you to know the reason why the Israelites lived that day is because they believed in the God of heaven. They trusted in His Word. And this Word we have here in John chapter 3 is the unadulterated gospel message. You say, well, what is the gospel? According to 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, through the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ according to the Scriptures. That's what you must believe. If you're to ever be saved, you've got to believe the gospel. You know, I believe today as I... I, I know I, I probably shouldn't mention names, but I do. I, I go back and I think about Manuel. You know what? When, I, when, when they, when they uh, took him to surgery Monday... And I'd already had prayer with him. I know he wanted to see me one more time before he went in. And I wasn't able to. I wanted the family to. I wanted the family to be sure to get there. And so I, he, at the end, right before they wheeled him off, he said, "You tell Brother John, I'll, I'll talk to him after a while." He trusted God. He trusted God with his life. And folks, that's, that means something. If you were to die right now, could you say, I trust God with my life? The book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews gives us quite a bit of information concerning the blood that had to be applied and has to be applied on your behalf. In Hebrews 7 and 25, or 22 again. Hebrews 7 and 22. The Bible states this. 
By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. And they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, verse 25 is so important. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by Him, seeing He ever liveth to make intercession for them. Child of God today, aren't you thankful that the blood was applied on our behalf? Aren't you thankful today that there was instruction right here? There's instruction given right here. As a matter of fact, Paul was telling young Timothy that because of of the instruction that he was given by his grandmother and his mother, that from a young age he was able to know the Scriptures that were able to make him wise unto salvation. Here is the instruction that's given to everyone in this house today. Believe what it says. You see, the Egyptians, they did not take heed to the things that God said. They trusted in their own gods, and you know what it got them? It got them death. As a matter of fact, after, after all this took place and, and Pharaoh told the people to get out, yeah, they was moving down the road, wasn't they? They was moving down the road and they come to a great body of water and they thought, oh no, here come the Egyptians behind us. God opened the, once again, God opened the way for them. He got them through. And when the Egyptians got in the middle, there were millions more, thousands more killed because they would not heed God's Word. Folks, it's the way it's going to be in this old world today. There's people that die in this world every day, every hour, every minute, every second. There's people dying. None of us know if that's going to be us today. We could be on our way home or wherever it may be. We may be at home. We may be sitting in this house of God. And God says it's time for you to come. And it's going to happen, folks. There's nothing you can do to stop it. I've told you many times about a dear friend of mine, Brother Jim Fusey, who was... was, Pretty big in the hospitals. Brother Jim, he was, he was a man that he, he traveled the world over. He traveled the world over. He was, a, he was a, a, an explorer. I mean, he climbed mountains that I would only dare stop and look at. Here he was. He was a CEO. He used to be a, in Vanderbilt, a, a Transylvania. A, King's Daughters, or not King's Daughters, but Belfont and other, other hospitals where he's a CEO. And he was over at Belfont, right there. There were doctors everywhere, heart doctors everywhere. Jim was a, was a thin, athletic man. I mean, he was, he was, he was built for success in the world of, uh, of doing whatever you wanted. But you know, when God called his number, when God called his name and said it's time to come up hither, 
There wasn't a doctor in that hospital could do anything for him. They tried. There were heart doctors who came from everywhere trying their best to revive that man. But you know what? God said he's mine. I'm taking him home. Folks, it could happen to anyone. And when death comes, there's nothing that's going to stop it. When death comes. I'm not talking about these near these near misses that people talk about. I'm talking about when death comes. When that spirit leaves that body, you're not going back. You're going to your long home, as Ecclesiastes 12.5 says, wherever that is, whether it's heaven or hell. But where the blood's been applied, there's safety. You see, Jesus Christ became our Passover lamb. He was the innocent, sinless, spotless, unblemished sacrifice which took our place at Calvary. Dying in our stead. Paying our sin debt. But even His blood shed is only good for those who will stand behind it. Trusting that His shed blood applied by faith will atone for all our sins. But it comes right down to this. You must believe. You must believe it to the point that you're trusting in His shed blood to save you from sure death. And sure death is coming, folks. I'll read it once again, Hebrews 9. In verse 27, where the Bible says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You know, you go back to Job in chapter 14, I believe it is. Job in chapter 14, and Job had something to say about this thing. This thing called death. He says in verse 1 of Job 14, Man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. And dost thou open thy eyes upon such a one and bringest me into judgment with thee? Folks, I want you to think about it. It says in verse 5, Seeing his days are determined, the number of his months are with thee. Thou hast appointed his bounds that he cannot pass. Death is certain. Death is coming. Had you not Better get your house in order. I'm talking to the lost man, woman in this house right now. Should you not get your house in order, seeing that death is coming to all of us and none of us know when that time is going to be for us? So the best thing is to be ready, amen? The best thing is to make sure the blood's been applied on your behalf. How does that happen? You go back to Romans again. Romans tells us something that I believe I want to I want to explain to you. Romans chapter 10 and verse 8 where the Bible says the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The word's nigh thee. Listen, you've heard it today. There's no doubt in my mind that you have heard me with your ears.
The Word is nigh thee. It's right next to you. It's there for the taking. It's there to, for the receiving. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Amen. There's the salvation plan, my friend. It's not jumping through all these hoops that everybody wants you to jump through. It's just believing. Believe that He died for you on the cross of Calvary. That He shed His precious blood. That He paid your ransom fee. What was the ransom? Life. And you know what? He gave His life to pay yours. That means everything to me. The Bible goes on to say in verse 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on Him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But the sad thing comes in verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You see, that's what must transpire in the life of anyone in this house. You've got to hear the gospel. You've got to believe. You've got to trust it. What does that do? That gets you behind the blood. Amen? Amen. That gets you covered to where when... Death comes over, that you're safe. Does that mean you're not going to die physically? No, I don't. I think what death, the death are talking about, they're talking about the spiritual death. They're talking about the death that no man can do anything about, period, except for through Jesus Christ and His shed blood. Listen. Today is the day. You're not promised tomorrow. Listen, what if Exodus 12 would play out in your life today when death come over? Are you prepared? Are you behind the blood? Or are you still on the outside looking in? Listen, come to Him today. You say, well, I just don't know how. Trust. It comes down to an issue of trust. That's all there is to it. Trusting that He died to pay your sin debt. When you believe that in your heart, the Lord's going to save your soul right where you're sitting. It's going to happen, it's going to happen and you're, you're, you're going to stand amazed at how quick it happens. I believe and I'm trusting that He died for me. You'll see it. You'll be saved. I pray that God will save your soul here today. May the Lord bless us our prayer. Let's all stand please.